Changemakers, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Allie Murphy with Engage for Good. In May 2021, to mark the launch of Mental Health Awareness Month, on our sleeves, the National Movement for Children's Mental Health set an ambitious goal to provide free mental health resources to more than 1 million teachers in classrooms across America. Just five months later, they surpassed that ambitious goal, reaching more than 1.1 million classrooms. Big Lots, a strong national supporter and longtime partner of the movement, joined as Million Classroom Project's first corporate partner. And Big Lots set an ambitious goal of getting Honor Sleeves material into 150,000 schools. In just a minute, I'll be joined by Marty Bloodsoe Post, Executive Director of Honor Sleeves, and Jeremy Ball, Vice President, Internal Communications, Philanthropy, and Events at Big Lots, to talk about the partnership and what they've learned along the way. Tune in to hear Marty's advice for securing corporate partners in historically taboo cause areas, Jeremy's advice on corporate advocacy and how to get started, what the On Our Sleeves movement and the Million Classrooms Project are, how Big Lots is involved in the partnership, how the team refocused the On Our Sleeves mission and strategy amid the pandemic, and what's on the horizon for the partnership in the time to come. And with that, let's get started. and Jeremy and welcome to the podcast. Hi Allie, great to be here. Hello and thrilled to be back. That's right, you've been on the podcast before. So Jeremy's an old hat at this. Okay, so to get started, Marty, I understand you're the new executive director of On Our Sleeves. Would you tell us a little bit about who you are and the work that you do? Sure, absolutely. On Our Sleeves is the National Movement for Children's Mental Health. We are backed by the experts at Nationwide Children's hospital and our behavioral health department. And we really are on a mission to break down the stigma around conversations regarding mental health in children. My work focuses on overseeing our strategy and our long-term planning, as well as understanding how we can continue to start new conversations with new stakeholders every day. And it's exciting work and it's very, very rewarding as well to know that we're making a difference for kids. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but I'm excited to talk about the importance of children's mental health and how that's different. So before we get there, Jeremy, who are you and what do you do at Big Lots? Well, hello again. Um, so I have the great fortune of leading a team of people who um, are responsible for our philanthropy, which includes the Big Lots Foundation, a partner of Nationwide Children's Hospital mm-hmm. and the Honor Slaves Movement, uh, as well as our corporate communications. So we do a lot of uh, the internal communications, sometimes touching on external. And then our team also produces all of our major events. So national leadership conferences, uh, town hall meetings, um, all of those types of things. So we just have this really cool spot, this unique perch where we really get to focus on building culture for Big Lots. Uh, and the associates that are not just in our corporate office, but we have five or six distribution centers around the country and 40,000 associates. So uh, work is... Uh, always ongoing, fun, and uh, keeps us moving. I like that. Okay, so for our listeners who aren't familiar, Marty, would you share what On Our Sleeves is? Absolutely. About three years ago, Nationwide Children's Hospital realized that in order to constantly deliver best outcomes for kids, they had to continue to put a, a bright spotlight on behavioral health and mental health. Any child who is growing and developing through normal growth and development experiences, the need for support in behavioral and mental health. And then especially our our 
patients who are here at the hospital receiving care have an element of behavioral health that they need to be aware of and their families need to be aware of. And so the hospital already delivers amazing behavioral health care to our inpatient population. We realized there was a bigger opportunity to continue to deliver outpatient care, therapeutic care, all under the the lens of how clinical support can make mental health um, concerns easier for, for children and families. What's interesting, though, is that ahead of any kind of clinical opportunity, though, to help children, there's a vast opportunity to start proactive conversations about mental health and mental wellness in children. So as children grow and develop, there's been a stigma around offering them mental health support in the sense of thinking it's only for kids with mental illness. But in reality, mental wellness is just like physical wellness. We can be preventive about it. We can be aspirational about it. And so On Our Sleeves was born three years ago with the focus of starting those conversations more proactively outside the clinical context, more in the mainstream context of caregiving and education and advocacy work on behalf of children so that we don't need to be worried about talking about these topics. And children don't wear their thoughts and their feelings on their sleeves because they don't yet have the vocabulary that we do. And so on our sleeves is really meant to give them that voice and make sure that the adult population that surrounds those kids is ready for the conversation and ready to engage with them and help make it destigmatized and more mainstream. And I think to one of your points, you said, I'm going to get the words different, but something along the lines of even kids who don't have aren't in a hospital for some reason or don't have a physical health challenge, they, they can still have mental health issues or struggle with that, just like adults. Okay, so what is the Million Classroom Project and how does it fit into everything you've just shared? Well, earlier in 2021, during Mental Health Awareness Month, we set a very big goal to get on our sleeves educational resources out into a million classrooms across the country. All of our resources currently available on our website are free and our hope is to get them into every community in America. And we knew that schools were a major way to start to achieve that goal. Add on to that the fact that our children are experiencing, in some cases, their first quote-unquote normal school year in several years. And so we knew that teachers and counselors and principals were really looking for resources to help kids level set on mental and behavioral and social emotional topics before they could dive back into the learning year. And so we had this ambitious idea that if we could get into 25% of the classrooms in the U.S., and there are 4 million elementary and middle school classrooms, so 25% would put us in a million of those. And we thought, you know, who, who could help us achieve that? And it really takes the fuel of big thinking corporate partners like Big Lots to make these kinds of things come true. And so Million Classrooms was born with that notion. And we started in May and we actually surpassed our millionth classroom in October. And we were able to go a little bit past Which that. Which is a huge it's accomplishment. It's huge. Yes. It's really important. Was that ahead of schedule? Well, it's interesting because a lot of the distribution was able to take place over the summer when teachers were preparing for the new year. Um, and it was mm-hmm. it was actually, you know, a, yes, ahead and, and slash on time to help for the beginning of the year uh, yep. because teachers had to do a lot of resetting at the beginning of the school year. And we were happy to be part of that. Okay. So you mentioned Big Lots and we all know we've got Jeremy on the line here. So 
Jeremy Biglots has been a longtime partner of the movement and was the first corporate partner of the Million Classroom Projects. What makes this partnership a right fit for Biglots? Well, th- this, this is really easy. Number one, um, we care about the communities where we have stores and where our associates live and work. And so th- this just makes complete sense from a, um, giving back to the communities that support our business. And um, beyond that, th- this is a, a topic. Children's mental health has long been ignored. Um, it is underfunded nationally. Uh, there's a stigma around mental health, both in children and adults. But, um, you know, we said enough is enough. And, and we had a partner that uh, we had built a, a longstanding relationship with who came to us and said, this is something that's really important. Uh, but there are a lot of hospitals that uh, uh, won't or can't pursue it. This is not a moneymaker. This is not something that, uh, at the end of the day, uh, puts more money back into the institution. And so um, they said, you know what? We have to do something. It, it, these these reasons for people holding back for so long are no longer good enough reasons to not do something. And we absolutely have to do this. We're going to need a partner in order to get this ignited. And so we said yes. We want to give back. I mean, our our mission really when we started the Big Lots Foundation six or seven years ago was to really create a culture of philanthropy by leveraging all of the different assets of our company. So um, how do our customers engage with the causes uh, that we that we care about, but that we know they care about? How do we engage our associates? How do we engage our vendor partners? Uh, how do we do all of these things in a way that helps lift up um, the causes that, that we care about? And this is absolutely a signature cause for us. This is something that uh, we put a lot of time and energy and money behind on purpose. Um, and it really is to help us deliver on our vision. You know, we, 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 we say and we believe and we put action behind the thought that we want to be the big difference for a better life in community everywhere. That's why. Okay. So you mentioned a culture of philanthropy and leveraging all your assets. So how exactly is Big Lots evolved in this project? Sure. So if you focus in on, on just the Million Classroom Project as a part of the On Our Sleeves movement, uh, we were one of the first people to sign up uh, and say, you know what? We've got 1,400 plus stores across 47 states. And I bet we could help you get resources into the hands of educators and people who can get those resources into the hands of educators. And so we did. We said, uh, let's work together. Let's make sure that all of these stores have uh, the free curriculum packets uh, that are a part of the, the On Our Sleeves movement uh, so that we can distribute those through our stores. And that's exactly what we did. We, we sent 100 packets to every single store uh, and made sure that we also had a digital uh, call to action on, on top of that uh, and a resource so that if we ran out of packets in the store and in fact, we did. Uh, we were able to immediately <laughs> send uh, associates and customers and anyone who was asking for that uh, to the online platform in order to get that information. Uh, we also made sure to make it a part of our our digital, um, you know, our digital offering and, and approach with our customers. So making sure that we shared the availability of these resources through our rewards club. We've got, you know, more than twenty million customers that are in our rewards database, and so. Uh, that club is is a very powerful tool where we can look at those folks as uh, potential ambassadors for this cause. And so we said, hey, look, here, here are these resources. So either if, if you're an educator, we'd love to get these into your hands. And if you care about educators and you care about the people in your community uh, and you're not an educator, you can get these resources and give them to or sign them up to receive these resources. And that's exactly what we did. 
So you're talking about these in-store curriculum packets. You also went into schools. Is that right? We did. There was, uh, in, in order for us to bring more attention to this campaign, uh, we enlisted some really fantastic ambassadors. So Marty can give you a, a complete listing, uh, but there's a few that I am absolutely in love with and admire and uh, <laughs> just really appreciate the work that they do. Ashley Eckstein, um, you know, Nina West, uh, who's Andrew Levitt, um, and then Chris Sullivan, who is, you know, of the famed TV show, This Is Us. Uh, so those are just three of the the many folks who signed up and said, I want to be a champion for this. I want to stand up for children's mental health. Uh, and we are going to surprise classrooms around the country and provide these resources to them, but also just have a moment of celebration. You know, this, this has been an intense 18 to 20 months on top of what is everyone's regular sort of carrying the weight of mental health. Then you add to it this pandemic and people educating from the home and sickness and all these things that could easily it's a pop lot. up. To, right, right, gloom and doom. And uh, but instead, there's there's this this light that shines and it's on our sleeves uh, and it's the Million Classroom Project. And these folks all said, "I want to be a part of this." So we did. We surprised schools. Uh, these folks showed up um, and uh, celebrated with the kids and provided these resources, but also just had an open discussion about. Um, gratitude and positive mental health and, you know, asking for help. So what a powerful thing to go, to go from something that five or six years ago wasn't even being talked about because there's such a stigma to now having a program that has ignited a national conversation that's created this movement. There is now a pavilion that stands nine stories tall on one of the busiest expressways going through the through Columbus, Ohio, the 14th largest city in the country, tons of eyeballs on that space. And we're saying, this isn't something that's going to be in the shadows anymore. This is something that we all need to talk about. We all need to do something about it because these are our kids. This is our community. This is our future. Mm-hmm. And this is our today. So uh, that's exactly what we're doing. We're, we're going to keep after it, uh, keep investing in it, and keep promoting all the great work that's happening uh, and both of your organizations have created something incredible here. Yes, there, there's a clapping. <laughs> we're, all, we're all celebrating and smiling right now. Okay, so On Our Sleeves was a new movement, was conceptualized pre-COVID. Yes. And was a new movement when the pandemic struck. So it was needed beforehand, and then pandemic changed everything, I mean, including kids not being in classrooms, but also exacerbated a lot of the issues around mental health. So how did... Marty, how did your organization refocus your mission and strategy to meet the times? Well, we really had the opportunity to pivot when we realized that children being pulled from school and home with their families while their families were trying to continue, you know, working on careers and all the other things that families have to do in the absence of everything that surrounds our kids from a supportive standpoint, right? So the absence of school, the absence of friends, the absence of routine, the absence of sports, it really created a vacuum. And we had to rethink Mm -hmm. how do we put our resources into the hands of caregivers and advocates throughout our e-community and other places where we could have a new conversation. So we used our clinical experts throughout the the past year and a half to talk more openly about how do you help your kids achieve a sense of routine when their routine has been completely disrupted? How do you talk to your kids about a virus that's on the news for its deadly impact that it is making? And how do you handle fear and 
worry and concern in your home. And, and our experts doubled down on all of those relevant timely topics and started putting curriculum. And that could be, you know, curriculum could be social media tips. It could be an email newsletter. It could be a full webinar course. I mean, we, we really strive to deliver across many platforms and reach people where they are so that they can get what they need from us, whether it's a deep dive or a quick idea. And we started addressing all of those topics right away. We had in our own family, my son is seven, and we had a family member who was diagnosed with COVID. And after 48 hours, my son came to me sort of quietly off to the side and said, is our family member going to be one of those people who lives from COVID? And I realized that means for two days, he's been sitting there thinking that we're going to lose this person and this person could die because that's what he's been hearing. And it hit Mm -hmm. me that you know, they are carrying such concern. These children have seen, they see way more news headlines than perhaps we did at their age. And they're very aware. And not to mention the fact that I think when we sent them home from school, it hit them. This is a really big deal. The grownups are acting weird. (laughs) This is, you know, (laughs) (laughs) something's different. (laughs) Um, So, so we, we really worked hard to, to help parents and community leaders answer some of those needs over the past year and a half. And at the same time, have continued to work toward fulfilling our curriculum promises to all communities throughout different types of organizations and different ways of getting that information out there and those resources out there. And I think Million Classroom is neat because it's us pivoting again to get back into the spaces and places where our kids most need our support as they quote unquote return. Okay. So we're, we're going to transition a little bit into more of corporate partnerships, which is what a lot of our community is interested in, well, topic as well. But to get into more of the details, Big Lots was your first corporate partner, but now you have an alliance. Marty, what makes up this alliance? We have an alliance that is comprised of partners on all different fronts. We have individual fundraising partners that would be community groups, teams, uh, even uh, personal folks in the community who are out raising money and awareness for on our sleeves. We have a slate of corporate partners who are following Big Lots' lead into this important space. We have curriculum development partners who are helping us come up with the programming ideas and the distribution channels to continue to try to get our resources out to every community in America. So we work with Go Noodle, which is a programming partner that is in 75% of U.S. classrooms. In fact, Go Noodle came into a lot of families' homes over the last 18 months because okay. kids were so used to using it and teachers were deploying those videos out through remote learning. So many people listening may have encountered Go Noodle programming in the past 18 months in their home. And so we have an upcoming program with them where we're creating some new characters and some new episodes to show children more and more about talking about their feelings and why it is okay to wear thoughts and feelings figuratively on our sleeves and what does that look like in school. We have education partners who help us uh, really think about the broader picture of mental health. We are members of Kenneth Cole's Mental Health Coalition. So we are Mm -hmm. really bringing a pediatric perspective to that work, to the topic of mental health in general. And then we have Um, Well, Jeremy mentioned some of our celebrity influencer partners who are really helping take the conversation to new platforms and new constituents and new audiences. And we also have other children's hospitals around the country who are signing up to partner with On Our Sleeves and bring this message directly into their communities 
this is a really exciting opportunity because that way their own behavioral health experts can weigh in, but they get to leverage the assets and the branding and the phenomenal work of On Our Sleeves locally. So it's a very big alliance. (laughs) Absolutely. And you mentioned a bunch of different pieces, but the last one where you talked about other children's hospitals signing up to use your resources. Other children's hospitals are also experts. And so I feel like the fact that they also want to use your resources is an added level of validation. But I also like how you're working together as opposed to we're separate hospitals. We don't help. Jeremy, I'm going to ask you to kind of look backwards. So knowing what you know now, if you could go back to May when the Million Classroom Project launched, what advice would you have for yourself, for your team? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... (laughs) Well, one of them would have been for us to um, maybe do a little more anticipation of the timing. So it's no one's fault. It's just a matter of as these things start to, um, you know, people start to get excited about new ideas. Um, You know, our, our calendar for retail is set like almost an entire year in advance. So to try to um, disrupt that in any way, or to try to fit in something more um, sometimes can be a little bit more work than, uh, people might imagine. So, um, you know, and we, we have a great cadence. I mean, we're, we're fundraising in our stores twice a year for Nationwide Children's Hospital and Behavioral Health. We talk about mental health in our stores uh, through this, this programming campaign. And so when we heard about this, of course, we got really excited and we're like, okay, how do we make this work? And credit to our team, our marketing partners, uh, my philanthropy and communications team, uh, every single one of them. I mean, this is not something that you have to like convince them of. It's just a matter of fitting it into our process. Right. So that, that was a little more cumbersome uh, maybe than it had to be, but, um, but we got it done and and they were happy and excited to do it. It just made complete sense about um, getting this into teachers' hands uh, or educators' hands before uh, the start of, of the year. Um, and you know it's interesting because you can look at all the work that's being done between our two organizations, and still yet I, I have this feeling of like there's so much more to do, right? And that can be a <laughs> that can be a really daunting thing, and it's easy for us to smile, you know, for the wins and the successes, but we also know that the demand is so great for people to help kids in the mental health space that it, it will take a long time to catch up. It will take such a long time to catch up, and we hear from people, and you know, we had someone come forward who is a, a district manager, right? So she would oversee 12 or 13 stores and a team of 15 to 20 people in every one of those stores. She came mm-hmm. forward and told us the story that when we started launching these programs about mental health um, was the first time in her life that she and her mother had a discussion about her dad's death that had taken place wow. four years before. Uh, he was in service to... Uh, our country and the armed forces. And when he died, this, this person was under the age of 10. And when it happened, they were never allowed to speak about his death or say his name. And so for a lifetime, as a child, this impacted her. This happened when she was under the age of 10. She has carried that with her her entire life. And until we started this movement um, and brought these resources to the forefront and made it okay to talk about children's mental health, she didn't say a single word. But when we did, she had the conversation with her mom for the first time. Said, this is something we have to talk about. I've held on to this. You've held on to this. No one in our family has ever spoken about this, but let's find a way to do that. And they have, 
uh, and they've been on their own path to, um, you know, healing. But that is a story of children's mental health. That is a story where a young child was told, we cannot talk about our feelings. We cannot discuss death. This is not something that you're to share. And forever she carried that. And now she's, you know, probably 45 or 50. Uh, and this is now something where she is proud to stand up and share her story. She's proud to connect with her associates. She's one of our greatest champions on helping their teams make sure that their kids are having conversations. Like this is the stuff that really makes it all worthwhile when you hear and connect with these. And by the way, this is one story of so many stories. We get so many stories um, and they're all touching and they're all important. And it, and it continues to be that fuel that keeps us going after even more, right? Making Marty work even harder and nationwide more research <laughs> do it. Um, and provide more resources, <laughs> yeah. but it's critical. It's such a powerful story. And what I like about it too, is that yes, the impact that you've had on actual school age children, people that are children currently is massive, but you're also making an impact on your own associates. And there's, there's a wider ripple of this movement. One of the things that you said, Jeremy, was that the demand is so great. And so, Marty, I want to turn this over to you as on the nonprofit side and say, for our listeners who are trying to get corporate partner corporate partners on kind of historically taboo topics like mental health or others, what would your advice be to them when starting that conversation or pitching a partnership? We've had a really powerful experience inside boardrooms when we offer a quick moment of reflection to everybody around the leadership table. And we say, how many of you have been in a family experience or a personal experience where mental health has played a role? And there's usually, there are usually a lot of hands in the air. Majority, if not all of us have had some kind of impact in our life, in our, in our past, as the story Jeremy told, or perhaps in current day. And once you make it real for people to understand that this is very much happening in our families and our communities and our neighborhoods and our schools, and then you say, nobody's talking about this. Nobody is making this an okay thing to share or an okay thing to carry or ask questions about or need resources for. And it becomes clear that this is a an enormously open space still. These topics are taboo, but the problems are very real. And so the taboo is keeping the problem from being solved, which means there is white space there to get into a conversation, to take a stand for something that is not, it's not crowded with logos right now. There, there is a lot of, a ton of opportunity here, folks. <laughs> and the more, the more corporate America steps in to start conversations and provide funding and give us visibility and a platform for the message, the less taboo it becomes. So it's important in our current environment and in our current economy, many consumers expect the, the brands that they patronize to have a stand on something, to be part of a solution on pick an issue, right? There's so many things facing our society today, especially as we come out of the pandemic. So I think it plays really an important role in how a corporation or how a big company or how a retailer explains to their consumers that they are contributing. And then it sends a powerful ripple through the market when a big brand is willing to talk about something like this that is historically never been mentioned. 
And I think for parents, this is an incredibly interesting generation to be a parent because as Jeremy shared, many of us didn't grow up in homes where we could talk about mental health topics. So now in one generation, we're trying to do what used to take multiple generations to do. We're trying to do it with one generation of parents today. It gives me goosebumps. <laughs> it gives me goosebumps. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's, um, it's, a, it's like turning the Titanic on a, on a dime. And that's what we're trying to do. And not because, um, you know, we have some kind of uh, need for speed, but because it's critical. It's absolutely critical that we get the conversation started in bigger and more important ways day after day. So that's from the nonprofit angle. Jeremy, if I turn it over to you and say, you're on a leadership team, but if I turn it over to you and say, what would your advice be to either those that need to get buy-in from leadership on these types of issues or an organization that wants to start but doesn't know where and is maybe a little bit risk adverse, what would your advice be? I will tell you, when we first had this conversation with Nationwide Children's Hospital, they, they, they brought it to the forefront as this is an absolute priority for us. And this is not a, an if, this is a when. And the only question mark was, when can we get to this? Because we need to be moving on. this. Uh, so it was already a priority in their strategic planning. Uh, so, so it was one of those things that was posed to us not directly, quite frankly, it was posed in a, a large gathering and it was, hey, this is one of the, the, the top priorities of, of, of Nationwide Children's Hospital. And um, it's, it's no longer okay for us to say, there's just nothing we can do about it. And that prompted a conversation among our leadership uh, where the exact same thing that Marty just talked about happened. And it was a discussion around, okay, we know that we're going to continue to grow this relationship. And here are some strategic priorities laid out by the institution. Uh, we looked at three of them. And when the discussion around mental health started, one by one by one, all eight of the people in the room started to tell a story about how someone in their life or how they personally were affected by a mental health malady. They, they, every single person to a T was like, Yep, 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 yep. And then there was just this sort of symbolic convergence on this topic. And so everyone kind of looked around the room. They all kind of admitted, yep, this is a problem. Yep, none of us have ever told each other these things. Some people self-identified as having a mental health issue. And so it was that moment where I think that shared sense of, oh, wait, you too? Oh, wait, you too? Wait. And now we're all sitting in this room where we, we can all influence this. I mean, we're the decision makers sitting here, right? I mean, this is something that's, it can be really powerful. So, I, and then I think from there, it, there is that question of, well, what's the rest of the world going to say? And, and when that question was asked, they were like, this is exactly why we have to do it. Because if we're all saying, well, what is someone else going to think about it? This is the very reason. This is the very thing we have to tackle. So we're going to make it okay for people to talk about it. And so I think part of it is you just have to be bold. And not, not everyone has to donate $50 million or create a pavilion or, you know, make this their signature cause or, you know, run a point of sale campaign two times a year. All the things that we're trying to activate, get our vendor partners involved. Pick what works for you. Start small. Is it, is it fundraising for a butterfly run or, or something uh, where we're raising money for on our sleeves? Um, is it something that you just want to host in an office place where you provide some of these same free resources? Um, is it working mental health messaging 
into your corporate communications. That's a big part of what we've been doing, uh, especially through um, throughout COVID. It, it is a regular part of our updates about your health and vaccines and all of these other topics that we're talking about. We talk about mental health and we talk about talking about your mental health. And so there's so many different lanes and there's room for all of those lanes. Like pick a lane and every one of them is important. So a little bit of courage, start small. And if you want to be even, even more bold, then go bigger. We'd be happy to have partners. We, we don't want to we don't want to be the only name. This is something where we are absolutely happy to share, um, you know, the sort of the marquee. This is something that I hope becomes so crowded with logos <laughs> that, that we're all standing at the, the end saying, this is so incredible. And look, look what we did together. I think you both brought up some really good points, and I like the overlap between them. We're coming to the end of our time here. So, Marty, I want to ask you one last question. I know you started in September. So instead of asking you to look back, like I asked Jeremy, what's on the horizon for the movement? Well, things on our radar right now. One is to continue to push toward a national saturation with this conversation. So while it does sound, based on our last 35 minutes of, of discussion here, that this is a rich area that's you know getting going, uh, there's a lot of ground to cover. There are new types of audiences to reach, new types of conversations to have, and continue to grow the footprint of On Our Sleeves across the entire country. The other thing is to continue to think about how we sustain our funding and sustain our energy and sustain our momentum as we grow and go forward. And then the last bit is honestly, how do we keep up with what is needed in this space as the world continues to change around our kids and our families? So we have an amazing clinical staff and we have obviously amazing partners like Jeremy and Big Lots who are on this journey with us. And we are at that stage and age in our growth where we're, we're starting to stretch. I think we're almost a preteen, if you would, in the life of a, of a startup nonprofit because we've had a really good couple of years of learning and, and understanding who our, our top contributors are going to be and then how do we take it all to the next level well thank you both so much for joining me and for sharing your what you're doing your advice with our listeners really quickly jeremy where can people learn more about big lots and the work that you do online if they'd like to do that sure you can of course go to biglots.com you'll you'll find uh, our commitment there to the community biglots.com slash community will actually take you right to the work that our team's working on with nation hospital uh, and our other partners. But of course, if you just go to biglots.com, you'll find all the great ways that we serve the community providing great value. <laughs> so there you, there you go. Thanks. For and Marty, what about you? Where can people learn more about Nationwide on our sleeves, Million Classrooms Project online if they'd like to do that? On our sleeves.org, you will learn about the great programs we're doing. And then you can also take a peek through all of our resources and the kits that we have put together for parents and caregivers for different topics you might want to be bringing up with children. They don't even have to be your own children. They can be any child in your life. Conversation starters. Uh, right now we're doing a big kindness campaign because tomorrow is World Kindness Day. So you can find ideas on there for getting involved with those kinds of activities. And it's a great space. So it's on our sleeves.org. Okay. Well, we will include all of that in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. And Jeremy, Marty, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm excited to see where you head next. Thanks, Allie. Thanks, Allie. Pleasure. 
Cause Talk Radio is a production of Engage for Good in partnership with True Story FM. Engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week by Ian Post and Rex Banner. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing you can do to support Cause Talk Radio is simply to share the show with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening.